This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast, designed to keep financial advisors up to date on the latest technical, legislative and regulatory matters impacting financial advice. I'm Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team a team of subject matter experts available to assist you in answering technical and regulatory questions that may impact your clients. Well, another 30 June has come and gone. For this year, it has been a busy week for the end of the 2020-2021 financial year. Eight days of limited opportunity for clients aged between 65 and 67 to potentially have made a last-minute bring-forward contribution into their super. The indexation of a range of superannuation thresholds, from super guarantee rates, contribution caps and total super balances on the accumulation side to the first ever indexation of the transfer balance cap on the retirement side. The extension of the low and middle income tax offset has been legislated for this new financial year and the new capital gains tax exemption for the sale of granny flats came into effect from the 1st of July 2021 thanks to the amending legislation receiving royal assent at the last minute on the 30th of June. Now, amongst all this, there were a couple of other items that may have got missed or lost in the scrambled year end. At the beginning of the week, the government released the latest version of its intergenerational report. Now, normally released every five years and usually in conjunction with the federal budget. With all the impacts from the COVID environment, this report has been released a year later than normal. The intergenerational report examines the long-term sustainability of current policies and how demographic, technological and other structural trends may affect the economy and the budget over the next 40 years. Of course, there is recognition that policies can and likely will change over time and therefore the end outcome will no doubt differ to that forecast in this report. Now, one of the interesting observations from the 2021 intergenerational report is around Australia's retirement income system. Whilst Australia's population continues to grow and age, with the number of Australians of age pension age expected to double to around 8 million over the next 40 years, government support via the age pension is expected to fall 10% over the same period. Now, this is a reflection of the increasing rate of the super guarantee, as well as the maturing of the system, as those retiring in 40 years from now will have had compulsory super at 9% or higher for virtually all of their working life. There will also be an increase in those relying on a part-age pension over the next 40 years. Recent measures introduced from the 2021 federal budget over the next 40 years are expected to assist in narrowing the retirement savings gap that currently exists between males and females. But what will be interesting from the release of this intergenerational report, coupled with findings from the Retirement Income Review, will be what policy settings the government and opposition take to the next election based on these collective reports. When that election will be called still remains uncertain. The other item of note released this week was a joint communication from ASIC and APRA to superannuation trustees. The 1st of July 2021 marked the start of the new annual consent requirements for ongoing fee arrangements, with a large impact for financial advisors and their businesses to now implement. Now, this joint communication from ASIC and APRA focuses on their expectation of superannuation trustees when it comes to the deduction of advice fees from superannuation funds. 
Back in 2019, APRA and ASIC wrote to trustees, reminding them about their obligations concerning the oversight of fees charged to members' superannuation accounts. And in that letter, APRA and ASIC asked trustees to review their existing governance and assurance arrangements and to address any identified areas for improvement in a timely manner. Since then, a number of superannuation funds have requested copies of statements of advice provided to clients to check the validity of fees that have been charged to a client's super account. Now, in this updated communication, APRA and ASIC have again highlighted the need for trustees to remain focused on governance and assurance arrangements around the charging of advice fees, with a reminder that trustees shouldn't rely simply on the new annual consent processes that came into effect from the 1st of July 2021. An expectation remains from the regulators that trustees will continue to review a sample of SOAs on an ongoing basis, whether that sample be determined on a risk-based approach or just a simple random sample. Now, one interesting area highlighted in the joint communication are comments from the regulators that there appears to be continued uncertainty among trustees about the services for which fees can be deducted from member accounts in line with the sole purpose test. Specifically, the regulators do not consider it sufficient to rely solely on statements from financial advisors or members that the sole purpose test has been met. Now, in the Financial Services Royal Commission, it was stated that the sole purpose test means that superannuation assets can only be used to meet the cost of providing financial advice about particular actual or intended superannuation investments. Now, this raises questions about where advice is provided on a broad range of topics that includes, for example, super and non-super investments. Only a portion of the advice may be able to be paid from a member's superannuation account. So how close a connection is required? If a client has multiple superannuation accounts, for example, a retail account and an SMSF account, do fees need to be apportioned between multiple accounts? And if so, how? What if they had an accumulation account and a pension account in the same fund? If the member had retired, but had both accounts due to a transfer balance cap issues, where do fees related to retirement income need to get charged? Who is responsible for determining this? Now, unfortunately, there is no easy solution to this, and nor do ASIC and APRA provide a definitive answer. And realistically, they can't. Again, this highlights your role as an advisor to clearly document the manner in which your fees are charged and why. And doing so would also assist you in meeting your requirements under Standard 7 of the FASIA Code of Ethics. Now, whilst we have made it through the end of the financial year, there is still a lot to come for the balance of the calendar year from a technical, legislative and regulatory perspective. Remember, if you have any technical advice strategy questions, you can call our BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. And join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars, where we delve into the latest technical and regulatory issues in more depth. Our next webinar will be held on Wednesday the 14th of July 2021, where Neil Sparks, BT's National Manager of SMSF Strategy, will ask the question, does Kevin Bacon need an SMSF? In this session, Neil will explore the new six-member limit for SMSFs that commenced from the 1st of July and look at the risks and opportunities that this brings. To register, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. And you can also view previous webinars and all sessions qualify for CPD points. 
I'll finish off this week's BT Techno podcast by wishing you all a happy new financial year. And until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.